Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 95 somehow, Rick. Shout out to Richard Dent and or Greg Lloyd. Great 95s from back in the day. I'm Ryan Wilson. That, of course, is Rick Spielman. And it's Papa Drop Tuesday, where we highlight some of the top performances from last week's college games. And, Rick, we're finally going to talk about LSU's Jaden Daniels. What are your initial quick thoughts on Jaden Daniels? Why he's not being mentioned in the right behind uh... – Drake May and Caleb Williams is is bizarre. I, I watched that Alabama game on tape. And I went back and looked at a couple other games. Uh, this guy, I believe, is going to be one of those risers where you're like, where did he come from? Although everybody knows where he came from, LSU, and has played very well. But where did he come from all of a sudden? Maybe the number three quarterback off the board. I love it. I'm not even going to disagree with that. In fact, um, we're taping this on Tuesday morning. Rick and I are going to do HQ a little later on Tuesday afternoon where we're going to talk about some Jaden Daniels and where he falls in, the, in those rankings, but we'll talk about that in a moment as well. So that I think you're exactly right. We're also going to look at two wide receivers that had huge weekends as well as a Pac-12 left tackle. He's trying to make his way into that first-round conversation. That's Jordan Morgan out of Arizona. They put the whooping down on UCLA. Uh, if you're out in Los Angeles and you see Debo out there, that is the actual Debo that produces podcasts. He was at the UCLA basketball game last night. Saw a lot to there. So they're best buds. So that's something to look forward to as well. Uh, also, go look at the old rookie performances. Rick, I think we can go ahead and put C.J. Stroud in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that was quite a performance, although. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, man, oh, mercy. We'll talk about all the quarterbacks, the rookies that played, and there were, I think, 27 of them started last weekend. And then we'll rank our top five overall rookies for week nine and take a quick peek at the old updated draft order. But before we go any further, if you're watching us on YouTube at NFL on CBS, you can see the official with the first pick draft countdown board. Rick, what do we got? We have 170 days until 2024 NFL draft and 70 days before Ryan Wilson gets raked over the coals. January 15th, 2024. <laughs> it's coming fast and furious. Where will we be then? Well, that's not the Senior Bowl week, is it? I think it's the week before maybe championship weekend. Okay. So who knows? Might be the Shrine Bowl. We shall see. But right, that's going to be. We may not be quite in the thick of it. We'll be on the edge of the thick of it if we are not yet in the thick of it uh, in terms of pre-draft process-wise. By the way, if you missed it, speaking of draft, because that's all we talk about here. Last week we ranked the first-round rookie class on the defensive side of the ball from third overall selection, Will Anderson Jr. And we we'll talk about him a little bit later today with some of the things he did. 
against Tampa Buccaneers all the way to Felix and Odike Uzama, the final pick in round one. As always, you can check that out in the old podcast feed. By the way, remember, leaves a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, nominate an FBS or FCS college player, and we'll evaluate his draft prospects on an upcoming show. We're going to, in fact, do one of those players today. A little sneak peek, wide receiver out of Michigan, Roman Wilson. Someone suggested him uh, on Apple Podcasts, and we're going to talk about Roman Wilson today. He's another guy like Jaden Daniels who's, who's flashed a lot this year, had his best game of the year of his career, actually, over the weekend versus Purdue. So we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. And finally, take a second, hit the old thumbs up on YouTube and NFL and CBS. It helps grow the show. Because we're going worldwide, Rick. All right, let's get to it. Starting with the quarterback that had a great weekend. You sort of touched on it in Jaden Daniel. They lost that football game. He had to come out, I think, the first throw, of the maybe the second play of the, the fourth quarter. Dallas Turner, uh, fine young man who last year <laughs> knocked Quinn Ewers out of the Texas game with a, with a pretty vicious hit. Uh, this The hit he put on Jaden wasn't even reviewed for targeting, you know, Dallas, I don't think he's a dirty player. He's just oh. a physical player. And he just hit him up around the head and neck area. And Jaden came back in for a play wisely. They took him out and that was a wrap on his day. But before we get to that, let's talk about the first three quarters, 15 to 24. The numbers don't tell the whole story. 219 um, yards passing, did have two touchdowns, threw an interception, but he also rushed for 163. Now he is not built like, Anthony Richardson, in terms of his ability to run, he looks more like um, – who does he look like in terms of quarterback running style? He's smaller than Lamar Jackson, it feels like, right? Yeah, I don't I don't think Lamar's as tall. Yeah. Uh, Lamar's a little thicker built. Uh, right. But he's uh, – boy, is he an athlete. And when you watched him in the two-minute drill right before the half uh, and some of the plays he made – uh, I mean, he just made some of, and Alabama has very good athletes on the defensive side of the ball, but he looked like he was in a different gear on a few of those scrambles and, uh, they got him a touchdown right for the end of the half. I don't want to like Deontay Lawson is, is, is a fantastic athlete who plays linebacker for Alabama. He got put in the spin cycle on the sidelines there on a little scramble. And he gave him the old Michael Vick slash Lamar Jackson juke move. And he twisted his ankle and crumpled in a pile. He looked like me trying to change directions right now at this age. And Nick Saban said on Monday, he said he's day-to-day with an ankle injury. No disrespect to Deontay Lawson. He didn't, it, it just happens. And that's how good an athlete in space Jaden Daniels is. Because, you know, we talk about guys that build up speed and guys that hit the top gear 10 yards down the field. I think he's a half step until full speed type guy. Like if he hits it and steps on the gas, you're in trouble. If you see him as a safety and he's at the second level, and there's 10 yards either way that he can go versus you, it's a wrap. Like, you you probably may not get a finger on him, and he's that sort of explosive. I think he does a pretty good job of avoiding hits in the middle of the field. Uh, you want to make sure that when he's that size that you don't take big hits. But just in terms of his athleticism, man, it, 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 it's, it's, it takes your breath away. He's so good against some of the best athletes in college football. Yeah, and when you watch him, it's like, you know, and I understand what he did at Arizona State. And last year, the inconsistencies as a passer. Um, but there was no question about the other athleticism and his inconsistencies in the pocket, getting through his progressions. But he is a different cat this year when you watch the tape. <laughs> yes, he is. He understands a scheme. He knows where to go with the ball. He's improved his accuracy. He's seen some of the accurate, accurate throws down the field, the one he threw along the right sideline. Um, he is just in command of everything. And he makes it look so easy. And 
you know, we're talking about all these guys, and to me, this is a very strong draft class for quarterbacks. And you may have your elite too, but you know, when you why isn't he being mentioned in Bo Nix and Penix and uh, you know, JJ up in Michigan? You know, this kid has played his way to me into that type of conversation where I think in this whole pre-draft process, uh, this is a guy that's played a long time in college. He's matured. This shows you how much he's improved from year to year to year and just hitting full stride. I think watching the game, they were talking about his numbers and Joe Burrow's numbers are almost identical uh, and what he's able to accomplish this year. So it's a shame that he got knocked out because it would have been interesting to see how that game would have turned out and maybe much closer if he uh, was able to stay in the game. But you know, smart decision to take him out if he did have some kind of head injury. Right. You know what's crazy? And I was thinking about this after the game. Jane Daniels may not have been the best athletic athletic quarterback on the field on Saturday night in Alabama. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Jalen Milrow, sweet mercy live. Like Jane Daniels is a better, pure quarterback from top to bottom in terms of the checklist. But Jalen Milrow in the open field provides some some problems for the defense as well. And that, that's a conversation for another time, but that's just something that crossed my mind. In terms of some of the things that Jaden Daniels did well throwing the ball, um, and maybe this is easy layup stuff, or, or maybe it's a little more nuanced than that, but he understood that either the Alabama was in the wrong coverage or the safety was just coming down, had Malik Moore in the uh, Malik uh, neighbors in the slot versus Malachi Moore. And once they got even, he said, go get it. Yeah. And he threw the ball. I, I think I put it down like they were 15 yards, 20 yards past the line of scrimmage. Malachi Moore, the, the safety slash nickelback and uh, Malik neighbors were neck and neck. When that ball landed, there was about eight yards of separation. So Malik neighbors hit the burners. Yeah. Jaden put it out there, laid it out for him. Easy catch, easy touchdown. And, you know, you look at it, go, oh, okay, anyone can make that throw. But he recognized it. He didn't hold the ball. He let his wide receiver do the heavy lifting. All the things that simplify the game when you're quarterback instead of pressing and, and doing the things we will talk about with some of these other quarterbacks in the NFL do that have caused them to struggle. He doesn't throw with a ton of anticipation. Is that a problem when you're evaluating? A little bit because, and we'll talk about some of these rookie quarterbacks later in the show, but I think he's getting rid of the ball quicker than he did last year. He's not just holding the ball. Right. And that's a huge sign of progress on him developing even more as a quarterback. So if he leveled off like what he was at Arizona State or even his first year at LSU, we wouldn't be talking about him with this type of rise uh, through the draft boards. But he has improved getting through his progressions. He's improved his his accuracy, his mechanics in the pocket or night and day from getting his feet set. And then his athleticism speaks for itself. So I think he'll continue to just improve as he goes along. He looks like he has a good arm on on tape. Did did you I have no that? question about his arm? Yeah, it looked I, like it was. Yeah, there's more know. than enough arm talent there to make all the NFL throws. All right. Do you? I don't have a real comp for him. Do you want to just make one up that you can him and hide, or do you want to go first? Uh, I didn't even look at a comp yet on him. How um, close is he to Lamar? I don't think he is. He's a better thrower than Lamar coming out of Louisville. When you say that, you mean accuracy, like the accuracy and just throwing mechanics and gotcha. uh, and the NFL throw. And Lamar has really improved since he's gotten into the NFL. But I think he's a better pure thrower from the pocket than Lamar okay. was when he came out. Lamar is probably a notch or two up from an athletic standpoint and being able to make plays uh, with his feet. Lamar ended the first round when he was drafted by the Ravens. 
uh, back in the day. So here's the thing. You, you sort of hinted at it. Caleb, Drake. I mean, is he better than Michael Penix? Like, I like Michael Penix a little more just because uh, there's the injury history, of course, but he ain't the uh, Michael Penix ain't the athlete that Jaden no is, uh, that Jaden Daniels is. So no. is he QB three, four, five? Where you got him? Ow. I don't know yet. I, I, okay. I, I, but I have him ahead of Bo Nix. Yeah. I think he's better than Bo Nix. Bo Nix is very uh, polarizing. Yeah. I like him better than Ewers. At, yeah. Uh, Texas. Ewers is out now, the yeah. shoulder. Again. So uh, let me ask you this top 40 pick. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to make his way into the first round. I do too. I do too. Good. Man, sad day for Rick Spielman. He agrees with me, Debo, about a lot of this stuff. And this is this is getting me lost, by the way. Now, I, I didn't have time because it's, uh, you know, I'm, my, my kids uh, got a whole thing going on here. I didn't have time to go back and watch the Missouri game. Did you happen to go back and watch the Missouri game? No, I didn't. Okay. Because that's one of the games. Debo gave us 32 guys to get through, you know, like all day yesterday and this morning. I'm sitting there scrambling, watching 22 rookie quarterbacks and then Tank Dell. And then we're going to talk about him later. I told Debo to college guys. It's like, it's incredible the amount of work that is put upon us. And you've said it before. I don't think you're kidding. You haven't had this much work since you were a Blesto scout, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> Blesto scout wasn't bad. compared to. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the boss is living his best life. He's out in Southern California. Yeah. Going uh, walking down the boardwalk. With all the elites at the UCLA basketball game. Still trying to get me into Hallmark or maybe a Paramount Plus movie. I'm yeah. still hoping I got probably have a better chance of being on the show on Thursday than being in a uh, an extra in a Hallmark or a Paramount Plus movie. I think you're right about that. I think you're. I don't know if your acting props are where they need to be just yet. We have to do a test run. I don't have to talk. I just need to stand there and like I could say something. Right? You can be the bodyguard. I mean, we got the yeah. image of you being the bodyguard of Dan Marino, so you got that down pat. You're <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Spielman. Oh, that's that's a, that should have been your nickname. Are you Otto or your brother's Otto? Otto. You're Otto. Otto Dolph Spielman. All right, let's talk about some of these wide receivers here. And you've mentioned um, Adonai Mitchell in passing, the Georgia transfer who's now at Texas. When we've talked about his teammate Xavier Worthy and uh, Sanders, the tight end, and even Quinn Ewers. But um, I went back and finally got a chance to watch him against Kansas State over the weekend. Eight catches, 149 yards, a touchdown. And the first two thirds of the game, he was just running stutter goes and just destroying the defensive back. And I was like, huh, I wonder if he's, if he doesn't have very good change of direction laterally. Maybe they just send him out on, cause he's a long strider. He eats a cushion in a hurry. Then later in the game, he started putting some moves, uh, some lateral in breaking routes. I was like, okay, this guy can move a little bit sideways too. Oh boy. So this is another guy that's going to be in the conversation for one of these wide receivers. It's going to be, uh, I think he's in the same bucket as Adunze in terms of size, uh, Keon Coleman in terms of size. Malik Neighbors is a little smaller than these guys, I think. Um, but he's in that conversation. He's thicker, certainly, than Johnny Wilson, who's the long, tall drink of water out of, out of Florida, who's probably in a different Florida State. Florida State, excuse me, who's probably in a different bucket. But I was pleasantly surprised with the way he played, his ability to to stack the defense backs down the field, create separation. He did drop one deep ball that was off his fingertips, but I thought he tracked the ball pretty well down the field. Yeah, and because of his performance, and he did it with a backup quarterback. And that, was, right. So, and I think he carried them to that overtime victory this weekend. And I didn't give him enough credit for a guy that's going to be 6'3", 6'4", and his ability to drop his weight to separate Ooh. into and out of his cuts his strong hands, uh, his ability to track the deep ball. 
Uh, and the other thing that kind of took, an, or I would say, kind of jumped out on the tape a little bit was that he's not a stiff guy with the ball in his hands after the catch. He's has some sidestep. He's a little bit slippery and he can accelerate. He can accelerate upfield after the catch. I mean, he's like, he feels like a top 40 guy too. Well, you, this is the one of the 250 guys you're going to squeeze into your top 50. <laughs> I know the time we're said and done, but there, this is going to be the more and more we talk about this, you know, with all the quarterbacks and now we're, you know, seeing the rise of Mitchell and some of these other guys, it is going to be a very, very good draft. So um, let's let's talk about three guys. Adunze, Keon Coleman out of Florida State, Adunze out of Washington, of course, and then uh, Mitchell here out of Texas. Are one of these guys more scheme-specific than the other if you're an NFL team and you might like player A other than player B? No, I think it'll, it'll the, you know, you'll sit there, evaluate all these guys, watch everything that we talk about, the positives or negatives. Uh, I don't think there any of them are scheme specific. I think yeah. they can fit in any scheme. All right, rank those three guys. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm still going to go with the Dunze. Yeah, he's having a good year. Yeah, and then probably Coleman and Mitchell because it hasn't been as consistent as those other guys. Yeah, but if this guy pops a, a forty, that's pretty <laughs> fast, which I think he's going to do. He'll be he looks in. like it. He'll be in some some conversations in those draft rooms. So apparently, uh, if you're in the AFC, excuse me, if you're in the AFC West, you should draft the Donnie Mitchell because he crushes Kansas teams in Kansas. Kansas State, he went for 149, as I mentioned. Uh, against Kansas early in the season, he went for 141. So if you're the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, draft the Donnie Mitchell, and you can guarantee he'll go off on the on the Chiefs. Or if you the Chiefs draft him, and then maybe you can solve your own problem there. All right. Man, by the way, I, I always forget, but two pops I would imagine for Daniels and Mitchell. Yes. Even though Daniels lost and had to leave the game, he played. He's the reason they were in the game in the, in the first place, I feel like. All right, let's go to Michigan. This is one of our five-star reviews who also happened to uh, pop, a career pop for him. Roman Wilson out of Michigan. He had nine catches for 143. And he's a completely different type player than a Donnie Mitchell. He's, I don't look up the height and weights anymore because Rick tells me not to, but he's smaller. He's lighter, plays in the slot. He can play outside, does a lot of work on the short and intermediate stuff, but he can, he can beat you deep too. And here's what I kept coming back to Rick. He's different player, but same team. Is he better than um, Ronnie? What's Ronnie's last name? Dang it. Ronnie Bell. I already said, yeah, he is better than Ronnie. Okay. Ronnie Bell Bell drafted last year in the seventh round by the 49ers. So you think he's better than Ronnie Bell, who's a different type player, but who ran pretty well, I believe at the combine and time pretty well in those practice drills, uh, the practice timers they put on you at the senior bowl. So I don't know exactly where to slot him. Pardon the pun there. He feels like probably a early day three guy for me, just because of the size. I think he's going to run pretty well, but what did you think about, what we got from Roman Wilson. Yeah, he's definitely a Saturday pick. He's not a Friday or, or or Thursday pick for sure. I think he'll go somewhere between maybe five, six in that area. Okay. Uh, but I think this guy is, he doesn't have elite size. He doesn't have elite speed, but he's just one of those good football players not to give a tease in the next Thursday show. And I already turned in my good football I didn't look players. yet, so I don't know what you said. So, but he was almost, he was a candidate for it. The re, I mean, I don't know if you saw the Nebraska game, but the incredible catch he made in the back of the end zone, going over top of DB and catching it on his back. 
He had two touchdowns at a game. Probably quicker than fast. He has good hands, but he does have some bobbles. Uh, he has some looseness after the catch. The thing that why I think he's just a good football player, even though he may not have all the elite physical measurements, is that he gives effort doing the dirty work as a blocker. I really liked his effort. I saw him throw a key block. I think it was the Michigan State game for another receiver downfield. This guy is just a good football player that may have not all the physical traits. He's upper echelon receivers that we're talking about, but this guy is good enough to be a third, fourth on a roster and probably make a team next year. By the way, I apologize. I why that I didn't bring this up before. Adani Mitchell will block his ass off as well. Like he, yes. he looks to hit someone, whether on the perimeter or whether coming down and crack back and someone on the side of the head. I don't. I, that's on me. I I overlooked that. But he he's a good blocker for his size and. I suppose that's a pretty important element of the of the evaluation process that maybe we don't talk about enough, but you want a wide receiver that's not going to stand out there and get blown up. Yeah, that at least gives effort. Like, if you play for San Francisco, you better block. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like Roman Wilson. I Part of the issue for me, too, is that he didn't really have a, a game where he was targeted a lot until this last weekend, and he would catch two here, four there, and it, it would be hard to get a sense of who he was. But I, I think – because you're who you are, Rick. You nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, you got to give Roman a pop for his performance against uh, Purdue, 9-143. Um, I'm assuming you're going to do the same? Yes. Yeah, I didn't have any drops. It's not the – I mean, really. You yeah, guys yeah. always pick, like, the guys that do well. Why don't you pick a guy that does crappy one time? You know why? Because our colleague, Pete Prisco, just likes to celebrate crappiness. <laughs> <laughs> and failure in people. So I want to, I want to elevate people who have good afternoons. <laughs> That's why. Uh, speaking of a guy who had a good afternoon, man, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. decided to show up uh, for a Clemson team that has had some struggles recently. I don't know if you heard the clip because Dabo Sweeney, the coach for uh, Clemson does a radio show like a lot of them do. Yeah. And old Caleb called in, I think his name was Caleb or Tyler or someone called in. And uh, gave old Dabo the business about uh, why are you making $9.5 million? This team is not doing well. We're, you're not doing well in the NIL, the transfer portal. And Dabo said a little prayer, and then he unloaded on Tyler or Caleb, whoever it was, and it was hilarious. And, look, I think Dabo could be a little sanctimonious at times and whatever, but he's done a great job with that program. And he was exactly right when he when he gave gave that caller the business. And I, I uh, thoroughly uh, got a good chuckle out of Tyler. Yeah, Debo told me it was Tyler. Tyler – I think Tyler hung up and had some conversations with himself about things he should say out loud going going forward without thinking those things through. But oh, but oh, Dabo, that was a fun listen. So Dabo maybe gave the same pep talk to his team because they showed up against Notre Dame, like they, yeah, they, they took it to old Sam Hartman and Jeremiah Trotter Jr. We talked about him in the summer scouting series. By the way, he's only twenty one. I think he's not. He doesn't turn um, twenty two until uh, oh, he won't turn twenty one until December. So he's only twenty. He's he's a young pup. Of course, Debo knows him from his dad, who dominated all those time, all those years in Philadelphia. Uh, but we saw him over the summer. Question his sort of lateral mobility, but he's a downhill monster, and he feels like a throwback middle linebacker uh, from the the mid nineties, where he's going to either take on two offensive tackles, allow his teammates to make plays, or he's going to blow up the play in the backfield. He did show the ability dropping a coverage. He got a pick six. Now Sam Hartman threw it right to him, but whatever. He still made the play was able to drive on the ball and, and run into the end zone. Uh, I love 
Jeremiah Trotter, and this this position has been undervalued. So typically it's hard to find these guys going in the first round, right? But and I don't think he's a first round pick, but I would love to have him on my team and I would definitely take a day two pick on him, knowing that he's gonna bring that energy to the locker room, to practice and to the field when he's out there running around like a crazy person. Yeah, and it's amazing how you changed your tune. You didn't really like him during summer. No, you're right. And I liked him uh, because I think he's one of those guys that are going to fit. He's not big enough. He's probably not fast enough. He's going to fit into, and you. I'll give you a hint. I didn't use him, but if you want to use him as just good football players as you go through your list. Um, okay, I'll make a note. I would put him down as one. And I had one other linebacker that I put ahead of him, but uh, he did. He had a great day. I think he tacks downhill, like you said. I think that he does get engulfed. He's not always consistent to get off blocks, especially when the hogs get on him, but he can slither his way through off blocks. He can find the ball. He'll fall off some wrap-up tackles at times because of his lack of length. I disagree. I think he has range to the outside. I think he is more better athlete than what you're giving him credit for. Uh, that pick six was a great break on an option route that broke to the outside, read the quarterback's eyes, didn't get right thrown to him, but it was thrown to him because of his anticipation and reading the quarterback's eyes to, to make a jump on that throw. So I don't think, wait, it's 70 days left. I, I, no, I saw it differently than you did, Mr. Wilson. I thought it was a good pick six. That's what I just said. I, I just threw it right to him. Uh, but no, never mind. We can't talk about it. Till he had, you're right. He had to stick his hands out. He made a good hand sketch. That's right. Well, you, you look at it, watching the quarterback's eyes and the jump before the throw, that you got to give him credit for his instincts and coverage. And I thought he showed instincts and coverage during summer scouting school. And then when he blitzed, he had the two uh, sacks, and I thought he may have had three. Yeah. That are running back from. Notre Dame that we talked about. Oh boy. He made it silly. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Yeah. He went right around him twice. And right. That's right. And that's a good point. It's funny. And you're, I I don't want to give credit to our buddy who will remain nameless, but you don't like little linebackers. You like thick linebackers and try to stick. He's not, he's not two thirty. I don't think he's two thirty. He looks like he's, he's thicker than that. But yeah, he's a good football player. Why? I mean, it's not that hard when you watch tape. Either they're good or they're not good. I like them. I, I told you I liked them. Yeah. In the summer, I was, I was, I had some questions. Um, I think in the summer, I said third round pick and Debo, of course, because Debo, he's actually, he's doing some homework while he's out there living his best life. Do you remember your pro comp for him over the summer for Trotter? Yeah. Eric Kendricks. Yeah. Mine was uh, Rodrigo, Malcolm Rodriguez. I'll take Eric Kendricks over Malcolm Rodriguez. Yeah, Malcolm Rod- Malcolm shouldn't have been a sixth-round pick, although I don't think he's playing very much now, is he? No. He had a pretty good rookie season, I thought. But again, your guy, your guy Jack Campbell, took his job, so I get it. But we said draft range around the second round. I still think that's that's about where he goes. Yeah, second, third round. Yeah, but he's not going to sneak into the first round, I don't think. No, I know. There's just no the position I've seen yet that will go in the first round. Yeah. So we agree. We're just coming at it from different angles. It is rare that you're the one that likes one more than me, though, because I, as you point out, I love everyone. But that was a fun game to watch, and you know, it's fun to watch guys just go out there and dominate. And he 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 took over that game. Someone should have told Sam Hartman if you see 54, don't throw in his direction, run away from him. But uh, they didn't get that memo till late, and they got Tylerd. Dabo gave him the business. All right, pop pop. I can't imagine someone not giving an old Jeremiah a pop there. Next up. Arizona left tackle, Jordan Morgan, number 77. We haven't talked about him. I watched him earlier in the year because I did my top 50 a few weeks ago, and he he was on there. 
and they played UCLA and they whooped up on UCLA. Now, Jordan Morgan had to go up against our guy, Leatu Latu, and our other guy, Gabriel Murphy. And early on, he was get, I thought his pads were a little too high, and he was struggling to, to anchor against those guys, both those guys. And I know you don't like Murphy as much as I do, but he does play with his hair on fire, and I think you agree with that last week when we talked about him. But then he sort of settled down, I thought, in the, in the second half as the game wore on, did a better job anchoring. He moves incredibly well in space, I thought, when they got into space, showed the ability to combo block and find the target at the second level, which is nice. Uh, what were your thoughts on Jordan Morgan left tackle out of Arizona? Yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised watching this kid's first exposure I had on him. I love his size and length. I think in the run game, um, he needs he he can get movement at the point. What's surprising for his size and what you alluded to, he plays on his feet at the second level. He's not flopping around like a dead fish. <laughs> so, well, although a fish flopping around wouldn't be dead if he's almost dead. Around. Yeah. So. He is. Uh, he plays on his feet at the second level. He actually locates his target on some of the pulls to the outside and full blocks. He needs to get a little bit more consistent cutting off the backside. Has a tendency to get lazy, uh, but he does try to finish in the run game. Pass game, he is all over technically with his hands and, mm. his, and his technique. He has enough foot quickness to play left tackle. I don't think he's an elite left tackle. Uh, foot athlete. Uh, he has a tendency to grab instead of punch. So his hands come outside the shoulder pads, which makes him very susceptible to that speed to power and that one arm. You mm. see him get walked back to the quarterback or at times get beat to his inside. Don't watch the Washington game against Trice because Trice got him a few times. He really struggled that game. So, But to me, that's all stuff that can get corrected with coaching. I like the energy and effort. He plays with some grit. He can be effective in the run game. If you clean up his technique and pass protection, he's going to be, I think, a, an eventual starter in this league, but it's going to take him uh, take him a little bit of time. So when you say all over the place with his hand usage, is it that more the issue with, with in terms of the, the lack of anchor times, or is it that he needs to get stronger as well? No, it's, the, it's where his hands are. It's like he's exposing his chest. Yeah, and I, I don't care who you are. You can weigh five thousand pounds if you don't <laughs> use technique, and and so you're exposing your chest like this. And the dudes that are coming off the edge have a pretty good head of steam coming at you. Yeah, that's a pretty good force to try to stop. So you can play with some bend, but you're still going to get bold or walk back to the quarterback because you're not initiating the punch. Okay, well that's actually interesting because that means if you're evaluating him as an NFL team, you're like, okay, he's strong enough. We've seen examples of him being able to be stout, but he just has to use his hands better. And that, that means that saves us six months in the weight room, for example. Yeah. Well, no, it's not going to save you six months in the weight room. What are you going to do? Have him come in and not lift? No, I'm saying extra to get stronger. Like he's, he's plenty strong. He's plenty strong enough and he'll continue to get stronger as he matures physically, but it's more from a technical aspect than it is from a just lack of strength. All right, and you think perhaps right tackle might be his future? I believe no. I think he could. I would try to keep him at left to see, but okay. don't watch the Washington game. Like I, I said, Murphy got him on a on a one arm speed to power move, uh, but he has more than enough tools to work with to to develop into a starter in a league. You feel any better about my guy Gabriel Murphy? Yeah, I like Gabriel Murphy. I just think he's limited. He's stiff. Hope. <laughs> I love you. You're an idiot. That's sort of basically what you're saying. <laughs> All right. 
So uh, you want to give Jordan a pop or? Uh, yeah, I'll, like to, I'll give him a pop. Okay. Because uh, he plays hard. All right. I like it. All right. Uh, let's see here. I lost my place, Debo. Okay, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at the week nine rookie quarterbacks where I think 32 rookies started next week and Rick did homework on all of them. We'll talk about that right after this. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. All right, Rick. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! There were seven rookie quarterbacks that started in week nine, the most in a week this early in the season since 1970. Sweet mercy. There were nine rookie quarterbacks started a game this season, already tying a single-season NFL record. C.J. Stroud, our guy, had more passing touchdowns in week nine. He had five against zero interceptions than all the other rookies combined who had four. So let's start with old C.J. there. 30 of 42, 470 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, he continues to play some elite-level football. And I know you like hyperbole and uh, crowning guys before they've done anything, but I will just ask you this. Has there been a better start to an NFL rookie quarterback season than what we've seen from CJ? No, I think he is he is on track. And then, you know, the last three weeks, people were starting to say, hey, our defense is starting to catch up with him because he – and then all of a sudden, the loss in Carolina – last week and then what he did against of I thought was a very good Tampa Bay defense and he could have threw for over 500 yards because he did miss some throws <laughs> and some open receivers and there were a few drops as yeah. well so but this guy his uh accuracy his his command of the offense his ability to handle pressure situations in the game to take him down on that last drive uh, everything you want in a franchise quarterback going forward to see the CJ seems to have. So whatever that S2 score was that dinged him for being so low, I hope every quarterback scores as low as he does on that <laughs> score. <laughs> that means you're going to be a franchise quarterback. That means you're going to be a franchise quarterback. So right, that last drive, we'll talk about it more with Tank Dell because Tank Dell was involved in that. He threw a corner out, uh, I think, 25, 30 yards down the field. Tank Dell got both feet inbounds. The very next play was that little skinny post that he threw into the end zone. That was a 15-yarder for a touchdown. He made so many great throws, either off-platform, out of structure, under pressure, or on time, right on the receiver's face. He and Dalton Schultz continue to, to get better in terms of their relationship. And just quickly, some, some rookie numbers, quarterbacks who we thought were incredibly impressive at the time, and now 
compared to CJ, you're like, ah, it was okay. Justin Herbert, his rookie season, he threw 31 touchdowns against 10 interceptions, completed 67% of his throws. That was a really good season. Baker, of course, had 27 um, touchdowns his rookie season, but against 14 interceptions. Peyton had 26 touchdowns and 28 interceptions in that team that won three football games when he came out in 98. Russ had a good start to his career, 26 and 10. Um, Andrew Luck, we saw the graphic there. Debo just had it up. He had 23 and 18. That team won 11 games, Andrew Luck's rookie season. So there's a lot of reasons to think that CJ is just playing uh, at another level. Oh, just And again, we've talked about it before. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good because all indications were the Texans were going to take Bryce if he had been there. And CJ, they, they weren't necessarily as high on. And they took CJ rightly. And as you said, countless times, you can't come out of this draft without a quarterback. You have two first-round picks. They took the right one, and he has been absolutely balling out. So A-plus for CJ. If you want to give a grade, I don't think we had to do that. But I'm guessing you're going to give – even you who doesn't give plus or minuses will give him an A-plus. No, an A. Just an A. All right. Texans fans. If he wouldn't have missed a couple of those throws, I would have gave him an A. Both deep throws. Just uh, They're probably a yard overthrown, I think. But, uh, man, woo-wee. All right. Now we got to go to the other side of the conversation. The first overall pick, Bryce Young, 24-39, 173 yards, touchdown, three interceptions, two of which were pick sixes. He did rush five times for 41 yards. Uh, went back and watched the throws, and I felt a little better. <laughs> uh, he still throws with anticipation. I think part of the thing is, to borrow a phrase from Sam Darnold, it feels like at times he's seen ghosts. Like he'll leave the pocket a little early if his first read isn't there because he's so used to getting hit upside the head. I get it. I don't know how you make him feel better about that. And you've talked about before because you know Bryce. Like he's mentally incredibly tough, and hopefully this won't phase him. Um, but he threw the pick six. The The second pick six was just an overthrow and a screen pass. Uh, the first pick six was – I think that was another option route. It was sort of a Jeremiah Trotter Jr. situation it felt like. Kenny Moore jumped that route. And he was under pressure, got off his first read, came back and threw it to Chuba, I believe, or Miles, one of the running backs. And it was a good play by Chris Chris Moore, and you would prefer him not just throw that ball. Third yeah. interception was an underthrow on a seam route to the tight end late in the game. Yeah, he is taking his lumps, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I – and I, it's like I said, he played poorly. I'm not making excuses for him. But I watch all these rookie quarterbacks since we had to do nine of them for the podcast today. Um and I see these teams using motions. I see these other teams using RPOs. I see these other teams doing boots and play actions uh, to get them outside the pocket. Uh, and I see Bryce Young. I think uh, I watched a, another clip this morning. I went back and watched 19 clips. Only twice did they use motion. Everything is like every defense he's playing against, they're just squatting on the routes. No one's getting separation. Uh, they don't use RPOs. They just have him be a pocket passer. They don't get him really outside the pocket. I don't see any play action. So I don't know if he was in a different scheme with the play action, the boots, everything we're seeing these other quarterbacks doing. Would it be a different result? I'm not going to make excuses for him because he didn't play very good. In fact, it was awful watching, to be honest with you. <laughs> Even the one throw to the outside to his right when 22 – miles over the guy's head on a little out route. Yeah. But it's like, is this offense giving him a chance to show his positives or the things that he can do well? 
And right now they just have them taking shotgun snaps, no play action, no RPOs on this game, at least that I studied, and just sitting in the pocket and then trying to throw spacing routes underneath. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Because a lot of the times, uh, and look, I don't pay attention to this stuff unless I see it a lot. I, I don't have the, the trained eye of a Rick Spielman, for example. But I notice more times than it, it, it actually registers my subconscious. They love running all stick more than any team in the league, just anecdotally. Run to the yep. sticks and turn around. And again, to your point, that's a static route. If you're playing man, uh, all you got to do is stand there and the guys so zone. don't worry about dropping deep. They're all going to run little hitches. The inside guys, the outside guys. Now, I did throw a nice on the little uh, corner route. I, uh, I think it was the DJ Chark I can't, uh, that he threw a nice ball to. But they don't give this kid a chance and don't have him sit there and go through 22 progressions because, mm-hmm. one, he doesn't have time to do that Right. the way he's they're protecting. So create some play action, create, you know, some runs and then boot off of that, but they never get him outside the pocket. It's everything is static inside the pocket. Yeah. Is that giving him the best chance to have success. Well, I know you love hypothetical. So that leads me to this. And before he killed the messenger, this was Debo's idea. So you can, you can shoot, you can shoot a rubber band at him 3000 miles away. If Bryce was on the Texans and CJ was on the Panthers, are we having different conversations? I think it would be a different narrative but I, I'm not going to take away what CJ has accomplished because it's it's special and unique what we're watching. Bryce, would he be more productive? Because I, you see CJ run play actions. You see CJ get outside the pocket on some boot passes. You see him step up in the pocket. But it seems like even when I watch uh, Bajit from the Bears, they do things to move the, their these young quarterbacks around and to give them – now, okay, I, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll talk about some of these other guys. <laughs> but you have a smaller quarterback that you're asking him to be a pocket passer. And yeah. I don't think that's what truly his top skill set is, even though he can throw from the pocket. The thing with um, CJ, who's playing the highest level of football, and someone mentioned this. I think uh, Lance Zerline mentioned this. And, um, He's the draft guy for NFL Network, and he does radio in Houston, and his dad was a longtime NFL offensive line coach. But he said that if we had seen more Georgia-Ohio State game, the one that CJ sort of changed everyone's opinion on, if that had been perhaps more prevalent in CJ's resume of college games, maybe we would feel differently about where he his draft stock would have been. Because we, we all had questions, like, is that the CJ we're going to see going forward? Turns out it is. Uh, we just didn't see it prior to that. That – that aside, I think Bobby Slowick, the first-year offensive coordinator, is giving C.J. answers to the test, as you like to call it, because it, rarely does C.J. look confused, and part of that's because he's so smart, but also because he understands that if this isn't here, this is here. And the second option rarely seems difficult, whereas the second option for Bryce seems incredibly difficult. Because they're limiting the options. They don't yeah. have to sit there and go through five, you know, give me three seconds in a pocket so I can get through 42 reads or, <laughs> or go through 42 different prog- right. progressions. And by the time Bryce tries to get through his progressions, he's getting hit in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And he looks a little gun shy. And I, I don't know if he would deny that in, in a personal moment. So hopefully it gets better. Hope ain't a plan, as I like to say, but it has not been pretty. And that's just the reality of it. And there are a lot of reasons for it. And the owner there isn't very patient. So we'll see what that all means. But, um, I don't know. Go watch the Bobby Sloak and CJ and just do what they do. That would be my advice. 
All right, let's talk about another young quarterback. Made his second start, Will Levis, 22 or 39 on Thursday night, 260 yards interception. That loss to the Steelers. Again, not giving your quarterback the best opportunity to succeed. That said, the physical tools remain pretty impressive. Like, he can throw the ball flat-footed. It feels like 60 yards. Down the stretch, he, he started forcing some balls, but they were down and trying to make plays, whatever that happens. There were some early, He had some turnover-worthy throws earlier in the second half in which it looked like he was going to throw that pass no matter what. And, you know, maybe that's a learning moment slash growing moment, but he did a lot to keep that team in the game, and you could have argued they should have won that game. Yeah, and it was different uh, because the game, previous game, they just took their shots down the field. This is where some of his struggles came. They tried to make him play quarterback in the pocket and get through progressions. Now, that two-minute drill or right before the half, he made some incredible throws down the seam uh, on a seven route or a little corner route, showing his arm talent. There's no question about the kid's arm talent. But then in the fourth quarter, when they were driving down to throw that interception, and they're in the game still, uh, that was a poor decision. But I think with Will, why it was maybe a step back was because they tried to have him do more from the pocket as far as progression and reads than they did in the previous game when, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is double moving and triple moving everybody. It looked like DeAndre Hopkins from five years ago. This was not maybe the same game plan. I understand you don't have the same game plan and you're playing against Pittsburgh Steelers who have a very good defense, but they also had Micah Fitzpatrick out. So why don't you try to expose some of those safeties that they have on the back end? Yeah. And he was under pressure, immense pressure all night. Will loves. I think he was pressured on something like half the dropbacks, which was among the highest in week nine. Um, the other thing is that um, you wonder if the play calling was trying to protect him. Like that final play, the interception was basically four verticals and people were whinging about that after, or maybe there was some other thing you could have done, done, but whatever, before we get going too far here, Give me a grade for Will Levis and then a grade for Bryce. I forgot to do that. I, I give Bryce a D and I got to give Will, Le I'm giving Will Levis a C. Okay. I don't like to get below a, a C minus because that's just, I feel bad. But I think Bryce in that offense and the whole group, the whole offensive side of the ball probably deserves a D. I'll give Will, uh, I'll give Will a B. B. I'll okay. give him a B, not even B minus. All right. Uh, I think he's, I think he's that's hope. Fair. He gives that team hope offensively, which yeah. is. It does, and that's worth an extra grade. Hope is not a plan, Rick, even though I keep saying that. All right. Got 27 more of these rookie quarterbacks to go through. <laughs> All right, I'm going to group them together. Look, man, I'm going to be honest with you, and I told Debo this. I, I guess he was angry at you. He didn't pass along. I said, I'm not watching Clayton Toon because he got sacked 400 times. Like, he's going up against that Browns defense. 11 to 20, 58 yards. So I'm going to group these these uh, two groups here. Clayton Toon. Time, uh, Jaron Hall, excuse me, because he left after the first quarter, and then we saw the greatest moment in recent Vikings history. Uh, what Josh Dobbs did. Holy moly, that was fun. Clayton Toon, Jaron Hall, and Tommy DeVito, we'll group those guys together because um, I don't think they're going to play a lot more if those organizations can, can help it. So what did you see from those guys who were forced into duty? And by and large, Jaron Hall held his own early on. Things did not go well for the other two. Yeah, uh, Jaron, they, they did a lot of things like you do with a young quarterback. They gave him some quick screens. They got him outside the pocket. They limited his reads and progressions. Um, but there was a lot of throws to the flat. The one big throw to Madison down the sideline that came wide open when the uh, corner squatted. I think they were in some kind of shell coverage, and 
they didn't pay attention to Madison that was split out wide, and that was a nice throw. And then he got whacked trying to run it, missed the throw, touchdown throw to TJ Hawkinson. So, uh, but, you know, that was encouraging to see off limitate, limited. Uh, DeVito actually was a little better. He threw, didn't, he threw for positive yards instead of negative yards in this game. Uh, but he is a better athlete than I thought. Um, made some throws, but I see him, all these guys, and in, in Bajan is just a wild card. You don't know what you're getting. So he He's is, playing more confidence. Huh? He's There's playing no more lack confidence. Of confidence. Now, the lack of confidence also got him three interceptions and cost him the game. <laughs> but he had, and he had the fumble too for his yeah. fourth turnover, but he made some nice throws, but then he's all over the place. So, you know, he, he uh, but I would say all of these guys uh, are going to be some type of backup. I don't see any of those guys becoming full-time starters. So this is right around the trade deadline. We talked about it last week. And one of the questions that the Depot had, that's a, that's a good one. Why are teams going to rookies instead of other more established backups, the Colt McCoys of the world, because if you look at the history of backup quarterbacks, there's exceptions. Case Keenan was an exception for us. Most of the time, the records are about the same. Huh. So you had one of your little interns do that research as well and figure out. Over history, it's about the same result in wins and losses. I wonder Why is it the most in 2023, though, that we've had since 1970? Because that's the way the NFL is now. They draft these quarterbacks and they want to see if they can play or not and if they can be backups because with the way teams are and the size of some of these contracts, a backup quarterback and you're paying minimum compared to a backup quarterback that three to five million dollars, you're saving a lot of cap and cash uh, towards your uh, bottom line. I will say that. So, I mean, if you're walking to the stadium and you, you got Jaron Hall going and you could have had Colt McCoy going, you're feeling differently in during pregame warmups, aren't you, in terms of chances of win? Or you feel the same knowing that they no, – Because these coaches, I mean, it, it, like Kevin O'Connell probably wants to make sure that he gave Jaron Hall the best chance to succeed. And he did a good job by doing that, by how he game-planned it. Okay. You know? So I think these coaches, especially these offensive coordinators, like Toon, I mean, that was like throwing uh, a piece of meat back in my pond behind my house and just watching all the Gators. Just, I mean, They're all named Miles Garrett, too. Yeah, against uh, a Cleveland Browns defense in Cleveland. Are you kidding me? That was not a good matchup, and you knew that was going to happen. Good luck. Have you ever seen anything – in your 30-plus years in the NFL, like the Josh Dobbs situation, five days on a team? No. Like Baker did it last year for the Rams, but this felt a little different. Yeah, because, well, at the beginning, it didn't look like it was going to be. Safety like fumble. Safety <laughs> fumble. And then all of a sudden, what the difference is, is he gives Minnesota an element that they haven't had with Kirk Cousins, is the ability to make plays with his legs. And when he converted that fourth down long run, Oof. that gave them, you know, and don't forget, this kid is a aerospace engineer. With you know, yeah, so, yeah. So he was close to being working for NASA. I got close to working for ASA. I just didn't have an N in front of my degree. <laughs> That's a good one. You should put that in your little dad joke book. 
That was amazing. That was amazing. And he seems like a genuinely good dude. It was amazing what he did when he got traded from Cleveland, Arizona. He started the first week and he played pretty good, but eventually they are who they are. And I think eventually it'll catch up just like all of a sudden he wasn't as good. Maybe the last two or three games with Arizona. I mean, he threw two picks in that last game in Arizona and there were poor decisions when he threw it. So that was fun. Absolutely. All right. That's enough of these rookies. Unless there's the one you're done. We didn't talk about Aiden O'Connell, but I'm okay with that. They beat up on a giants team um, that are out of options and they were, they were playing in the post Josh McDaniels world. Antonio Pierce had that team fired up and there wasn't a whole lot. Aiden O'Connell was asked to do, although he was 16, 25, 209. So certainly didn't hurt his, hurt his chances. And it sounds like at least for now, he's going to be the starter for the rest of the duration. So we'll see how that goes. We'll be certainly talking about him more, but now week nine rookie rankings. And at the top, no surprise, CJ Stroud. We've talked about him. Number two, I don't know if we've talked about Will Anderson on our rookie rankings so far this season. Yeah, uh, we did. We talked about, I graded him an A last week on Thursday's podcast. Oh, that was the defensive first half of the season. I don't know if we've done okay. top five, top popper drop rankings. Right. Um, so we're going to talk about him here either way. And he had one sack coming into last week. He was credited with a sack. Yeah, he has two now. I thought he had two going into last week. Maybe he does. Either way, he has two total. Well, we talked about it earlier. He'd only had one. But as you noted last Thursday, uh, he's doing a lot more in terms of creating pressure, getting after it. And one of my favorite plays from the season, I sent it to Debo last night. We just talked about it earlier. They ran a little uh, T.E. stunt where he comes in and absolutely earholes our guy Cody Mock. I mean, earholes him. I think he knocked him down. I'd never seen a stunt like that before, and he allowed his teammate uh, to come free and end up getting the sack. And at the end of that play against um, Baker Mayfield, in that play, you can see Will Anderson celebrating like he just won the Super Bowl because he knew what he did was something special. But he, when we talked last Thursday, I saw one of the comments that you mentioned that he he's he's twitchier than perhaps maybe we gave him credit for. And there's no, a push. I didn't. I gave him credit for it. There were some other people that didn't give him credit for how twitchy he is. He is playing. Extremely twitched up. <laughs> yeah, he like he, a colleague of ours that is short and very opinionated says he has no twitch. So yeah, what did you think of his performance against the Bucks? Where uh, I it's, thought, yeah, it's consistent week in and week out. He, he is fast off the ball. He's got a quick first step. He can affect the passer. He is explosive. He plays down in and down out like it's the last play of his career. And I just love the energy and effort that he plays with. And what you didn't see is last year we talked about it coming out in the draft that they reduced him down to like a seven technique and even sometimes a five technique where that's not his game. His game is nine, you know, and he just goes. Have him pin his ears back and go. And that's what that's how he's playing. And it's uh, and he for a rookie. And for D'Amico Ryans to build the program the way he's building and to have a guy set the tone that's a rookie like he's setting it, that's going to hold, you know, they got franchise quarterback, and I think they have a franchise edge rusher as well, and it's going to continue to get better. Yeah, he gave left uh, right tackle Luke Gedeke all he could handle and then some. Like if he was going against Jordan Morgan, uh, Baker Mayfield would have left that field on the stretcher. Yes. No disrespect to Jordan Morgan, but uh, he was getting after it. And by the way, one of the things we should point out, because a lot of folks on social media, fans and media are talking about, 
man, I bet the the Panthers have a lot of buyers for Morris or trading up for Bryce, yada, yada, yada. No one is saying, man, I bet the Texans have a lot of buyers for Morris or trading up for Will Anderson. Everyone's saying, oh, this worked out. Like, this is the, the, the thing. This is what it looks like when a trade works out. You get your quarterback, then you come out and get your edge rusher who's getting after it. So credit to that crew because uh, the Texans had hit a rough patch the last few years, and they seem to be turning the corner. Yep, we, they, hit the, they hit the two picks off out of the park right now. By the way, number one, C.J. Stroud, Texan. Number two, Will Anderson, Texan. Number three, Tank Dale, Texan. Uh, six catches, 114 yards, two touchdowns. We talked earlier about his his importance on that last drive, but he was getting open all day at all three levels. Uh, and he had out, a drops that he could even have a better day. Oh, yeah, he did have a drop on the sidelines, I think, on, on maybe a comeback. Yeah, um, and he had one coming on inside at the beginning of the game. Yeah, that's right. Oh, he could add eight for 160. Um, but he has been a difference maker. He he missed some time earlier in the year with a concussion, but before the concussion, he was balling out. And the thing that struck me, and I think this is the, the first touchdown he had on the stutter go. He's that looks at, like the touchdown catch to win the game. Okay. The first touchdown on the stutter go on because the – Debo would put something as dramatic up there to show this is the winning touchdown on a skinny post. Okay. The first touchdown that – what got my attention wasn't the separation because we know he can move, but the fact that he's only whatever five nine, and the separation he's able to create effectively makes him not a short receiver because he's so wide ass open that you can just loft the ball out there and he's going to run underneath it, and that's that's rare. Like you don't see that a lot in the NFL. No, and that's why smaller receivers and we talk about it in contested situations he probably doesn't make those, but because of his unique speed and his ability to create one or two yards of separation down the field excellent tracking and, and deep ball skills. He's just not going to win contested situations. So Debo wants me to ask you, Tank Dell is the blank best receiver. What best rookie wide receiver, excuse me. Like how, where does he rank among your rookie, rookie, <laughs> rookie Look, wide receiver performances? Well, why, why would <laughs> that's pretty good. You, you got a joke book. I see Debo's right. with these tongue twisters. Yeah. I would put him probably in the top three or four. So JJ's number one. Who? Justin Jefferson's probably number one. It says rookie. Read the script. I think ever. Or just this rookie class. No, no. I'm saying just this year. I mean, you have Addison, you have Flowers, you have JSN, you have Rick Sky Puka, where he fits amongst this class. (laughs) Obviously not. Quentin Johnston is is not going to be on this list right now. Disrespectful to Quentin. Where Rick has him here. Quentin had a catch last night. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I can't read the words that are written. I can't comprehend them either. Okay, this year's draft class. That's all right, Ryan. That's fine. Everybody will make mistakes. And then in 70 days, I will wow, 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 wow. <laughs> it's going to be on like Donkey Kong. All right, yeah, so this draft class, so top three. So J- Jordan Addison and then Zay Flowers and then Tanker all in the same conversation. I'm guessing those are your three? Yeah, those would probably be my top three right now. Tanker Puka? Uh, mm-hmm. Tank. I... I Puka's coming back to earth. Yeah, because he's got a guy with no arms throwing him the football. Puka's coming back to earth. Puka Spielman, how disrespectful. Uh, great job by Tank Dale. He did have those two drops. Rick had to point out the negative, but he was the reason they won that game. And he, again, CJ is, you know, the rising tide's lifting all boats. Nico Collins is having a career year in part because of CJ. Dalton Schultz is doing his thing. Noah Brown went absolutely off the former Cowboy. So they are getting after it. Tank's number three on our list. Number four. Keaton Mitchell, running back out of ECU, undrafted. I thought he would get drafted at least. He did not. Baltimore Ravens 
uh, took him, and I'm sure they're glad they did. Nine rushes for 138. And one of the things we talked about in the draft pre-draft process, because he's, he's undersized, is that he didn't run between the tackles like our guy Devin Devon Achan. But he was running between the tackles against the Seahawks, and he was. If you give him a little little daylight, he, he, you can meet him in the end zone because he's got some some burner speed to him. Yeah, I went back and looked. He's had a total of sixteen offensive snaps, fourteen of them coming this game. So this was a first chance you got an opportunity to see him in regular season. But there's no question about the speed and the burst through the hole. They didn't use him at all in the passing game. Uh, so I think he's a nice little compliment, complimentary back uh, to Gus Edwards, Gus the bus, who's kind of going to be their workhorse, but gives them an added element of speed and playmaking ability to their to their offense. Yeah, they only threw it to him once, and it was on a little screen and went for minus four yards. So um, perhaps he's an asset in the past game. He didn't need to be in that blowout win over the Seahawks, but uh, he provided some some explosiveness, and he's he's pretty twitchy in the behind the line of scrimmage show a little patience behind the line of scrimmage letting the, the blocks develop and then hitting hitting the gas so that was fun good for old keaton mitchell at ecu uh number five um this is a late ad rick i don't know if you saw it if not don't worry about it dalton kincaid 10 catches in that loss against the Bengals. um he's had 40 catches this year and 45 targets like he had yes. one drop yeah as soon as um uh which called broker knox broke his wrist all of a sudden, you're seeing why they drafted Dalton Kincaid because he, he takes it to another level. And we talked about when he came out in the draft that the thing that he can do is create mismatches, especially with his route running ability and when you put him in the slot. And we talked about him, I think, in our preview or, or our review at midway point on offensive rookies. And the more opportunities he's getting, the more you're seeing how unique he is as a pass catcher. Yeah, he moves. Not like a tight end in space. He moves like a, I don't know, 230-pound wide receiver, whatever you want to call it. But he he's a matchup problem. And they threw to him quickly. A lot of flats in this game, just trying to get him involved early. He did have the fumble late. Um, that ain't why they lost. But he appears to be a bigger part of this offense going forward. Uh, let me ask you this, and I don't know how far down this road you want to go. Uh, is Steph Diggs asking for the ball? That's not uncommon for number one wide receivers. Could that be uh, a problem in terms of, ball distribution if you want to get the ball more to Gabe Davis or the ball more to, to Dawson not Dawson Knox but to um Don Kincaid you just got to make sure you manage it I guess would be the best way to put it <clears throat> so if um if it's becoming a distraction and it's all sudden starting to uh get into the quarterback's head that okay throw me the ball don't worry about throwing it to Kincaid or to any of the other uh, weapons they have on the offense, and that becomes an issue. But as long as they're winning, it becomes more of an issue because it's uh, probably magnified when you're losing. Yeah. And I'm not saying Diggs was complaining. I'm just thinking out loud about uh, – because Gabe Davis went a little stretch over without catching the football. Donkey K is now getting more involved. And they did lose that game, although they can't beat the Bengals. That's just their, their kryptonite right now. Some honorable mentions. Luke Musgrave got on the radar there. Three catches, 51 yards. Had a nice touchdown. Um Byron Young on the other side of the ball, the edge rusher out of Tennessee, is getting after it. Darius Davis had a touchdown, a punt return, I believe, on Monday night. Tuli yep. Tulipolotu had two sacks. We talked about him earlier on on Popper Drop, rookie edition, and he's continuing to flash alongside Khalil Mack and now Joey Bosa. And um, I don't know if that means they're turning the corner because they beat a Jets team. The offense had like 25 yards of offense, but whatever. That's a conversation for another time. So shout out to those guys. 
going to take a quick break, Rick, and we're going to come back and look at this updated draft order and what it means for the teams looking for quarterbacks. All right, Rick, the Giants are in a bad way. Daniel Jones tore his ACL. He's done for the year. Tommy DeVito and or Matt Barkley and or person behind door number three could be an option. The Giants currently sit at number four. The Cardinals are number one. If you are the Cardinals, who have two first-round picks, I believe, are you answering the phone if Joe Shane calls you and tries to trade up to number one? Now? No one's going to do that. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> Not now, but I mean. You make that determination. Wait, that's 70, 69 days, actually, because we're at the end of the show. Yeah, say like 160 days from now, Joe Shane is making this call. Yeah, well, how do I know where Kyler Murray is or how do I know where my, you know. But, no, if I get a chance to get Caleb Williams, I'm taking Caleb Williams. You're not answering the phone then? I'm not answering the phone. Because I, I wonder, the Giants are so close to being inside that conversation, but they're also incredibly far away because Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams. Um, and, by the way, if you're listening, I'll read you the list real quick. Number one, Arizona Cardinals. Number two is the Bears by way of the Panthers pick. At three, the Bears with their own pick. I mentioned the Giants at four, the Patriots at five, the Rams at six, Packers at seven, Buccaneers at eight, Denver at nine, and the Titans at ten. All right, so Kyler Murray comes out, plays well. You're still going Caleb Williams. So then I would imagine he's on the trade block. Caleb, Caleb Murray, uh, Kyler, Kyler Murray is if yep. at the end of the season. Yep. Yep, that's what I would do. And I don't know where Kyler Murray, we haven't seen him play yet. Yeah, I think there's a really good chance he plays in week 10, so we'll wait and see how that goes. So the Bears are at two and three. Um, is Drake May a, a guarantee to go two or three to the Bears? Well, it depends on what Justin Fields comes back and does, and maybe he'll be back this week. But if they go Drake May, if Caleb Williams isn't available, then I'm going to argue to death that it gives you a better odds of winning the Super Bowl if you take an elite receiver over the elite left tackle. Yeah. So Marvin plus Ola and or Joe Alt is better, is not as good as Marvin and Drake. No. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, I just wonder, and this is not necessarily fair or makes sense, but I wonder if there'll be some sort of lingering Mr. Trubisky slash UNC trauma for Bears fans. Uh, no, Drake, Mitch Trubisky was a one-year wonder. He only played one year no, I get it. He's a good athlete, went to UNC, and I, that that's might be where the conversation ends when you're a Bears yeah, fan. I have a pretty good history and track record with Drake May. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you're the Giants of four and Drake May and Caleb Williams are gone, well, I mean, he's drafting another tackle. You got two first-rounders on the roster. Are you, are you going in? Are you, you don't take a wide receiver this high. Like, what? This is like a terrible spot to be in. Yeah, that's where. <laughs> yes, it is. I yes, agree. Yes, yes I agree. <laughs> you just see what happens. I mean, I know we're dealing hypotheticals right now. If that was a situation, someone's going to want to come up. And then if you want to go after a quarterback where they drafted, where they're developed on your board, how many you have from an option standpoint would determine how far that you move down because New England could take a quarterback. Uh, Rams, maybe Green Bay. I don't think they will. Tampa Bay, maybe Denver, maybe Tennessee, probably not. If, uh, they believe in Levis. Okay, so let's talk about the, the the bottom five through ten here. And we've talked Caleb and Drake to death. We've talked about Michael Penix Jr. We talked about guy Jay, uh, Jaden Daniels today, Quinn Ewers, J.J. McCarthy, whoever your shooter Sanders is probably coming back, even though he's playing at a pretty high level when he's not on his back. Any of these guys 
tickle your fancy to borrow Rickism at picks five through ten if you need a quarterback? Are you taking one that high? I don't know yet. I don't know if I'm sold on any of them guys in the top ten yet. Have you ever had conversations over the course of the pre-draft process where you're like, look, this guy is isn't a top ten-ish pick, but we desperately need a quarterback, so we're going to roll. You get problems, and, and I, I made mistakes when you reach. You can't okay. reach, so right. you got to be very careful about that. Yeah, and yeah, I get it. Because you, 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 I, I remember talking to a scout early on when I started doing the draft. I said, "Is there a, an occasion where you guys are in a room and talk yourselves into things?" He goes, "All the time. We're all the time talking ourselves into things that we probably shouldn't in retrospect." Because, you know, I don't even know what to say in this, but it, desperate times calls for desperate measures. Basically, like you, you, you feel like Stay you're out of options. Stay disciplined to your board. Yeah. All right. So if you're listening. GMs and our front office folks with picks five through 10, stay disciplined to your board. Do not overdraft the player, whatever the position, because uh, you will end up on this podcast with me and Rick. <laughs> <laughs> and, you can, yeah, and I may lose a seat if I'm out there doing Hallmark movies or Paramount Plus being an extra. If you're an extra on a Hallmark movie or a Paramount movie, just make sure you're wearing a, a with the first big t-shirt. <laughs> you know, anything else you want to get on this draft board before we get out of here? No, no, we've we've fulfilled our hour, and I am looking forward to just good football player segment coming up on Thursday. Oh, Rick is ready to go. He's actually previewing next week's show. Uh, Rick and I will be together on CBS Sports HQ a little over an hour. So if you're um, watching us on YouTube, you can check that out or check it out later on the uh, CBS YouTube page. Otherwise, that is it. That's a wrap on episode ninety-five. Five until a hundred, Rick. Thanks, as always, to my guy Rick. Thanks to Debo for producing. Thanks to all you guys who watch and listen and comment. We'll be back on Thursday for Just Good Football Players. See you guys then.